Good morning and welcome to episode 68 of the Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carol's News Leader and is my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Today's episode, episode 68, is entitled Spring Has Sprung, Fall Has Fell, and It's Colder As Usual. A little play on words. Uh, I say this every year, and I'm going to start out this podcast with a rant. And I do this every year. I have threatened to send a letter to TSSAA, and I guarantee you I could get a lot of signatures to add to that if I was to send it to them because we have squirrely weather here in West Tennessee for whatever reason. It is springtime. Yesterday was actually the starting of the uh, spring equinox or whatever they call it, and it's supposed to kick off spring. Baseball softball season uh, started this past week on March the 13th, and it's supposed to be warm in March or warmer, let's put it that way. But as I go back and digress here a little bit, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I've always talked about uh, doing this. And again, I I think I could get a lot of people on board with this idea. And I probably mentioned it on a podcast about this time last year. I know I've written about it in my column in the newspaper several times. But let's send a letter to TSSAA and have them move football to February, March in April makes sense because as I stood at a baseball game last Monday on the 13th and stood at the softball game on Tuesday, the 14th of last week, I literally almost froze. You know what? Won't mention what body part, but it almost froze off. And and, and this doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I mean, it's not TSSAA's fault. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, it's messed up. It's, it was last night I was at a baseball game on Monday down in Adamsville. Temperature-wise, you know, not that bad maybe. 44 at the end of game time. But 44 on March 20th, the first day of spring. And I was cold. Because there's something about, in March, 40-degree weather and even 50-degree weather, and I think it was probably around 50 or a little higher over at Henry County last Tuesday at that softball game. It's one of the coldest days I've ever spent outside my life. It's that temperature at that time of the year seems colder than it does any other time of the year. You know, you, you give me a 50 in September, and I've got a smile on my face because it feels good. Or August, but it's never going to happen in August. If we get 50-degree temperatures in August here in hot and humid West Tennessee, then the apocalypse for sure is upon us. Not that it probably is already when you when you watch the news and some of the crazy stuff going on. But anyway... But my thoughts have always been, let's move football to the spring. 
and we move baseball and softball to the fall. And, and that makes sense because you start playing football in August, but if you started playing baseball and softball in August, you're going to have 90-degree weather. And you're going to have 90s and 80s and even 70s all the way into November. Perfect weather. Uh, you know, after usually after Labor Day, the humidity kind of subsides a little bit, kind of dies down some, and uh, it's not so bad outside. So you get a 75-degree game uh, at a baseball game or a softball game in the middle of September, it feels pretty nice. I wear shorts most of the uh, football season. Sometimes they've gone almost the entire 10 games wearing a pair of shorts. At a baseball and softball game in March, when spring has sprung, I am wearing three layers, top and bottom, insulated, and a toboggan or a facial, some kind of another to try to keep myself warm. And this is March. But anyway, uh, enough of that rant, I guess. But it was a good five-minute rant, and it needed to be said. And I'll, keep, I'll continue to say it every year. Some people never think about it until I say it. But anyway, getting into the rest of the podcast this week, and as I mentioned, baseball and softball have started attempting something rare today. Well, not rare. I've done it before, but it's rare because you don't do it that often. That's why you say it's rare. But I think I'm going to go by the softball game for about 15, 20 minutes today at 5 o'clock as the Phillies play on the hill against Camden, I believe it is. And that's not a, not a district game, not a region game, none of that good stuff. It's just a game. Uh, they they start their district schedule Thursday down in Gibson County. But they were supposed to play yesterday, the Phillies were. And uh, they uh, moved that game for some reason. And it was supposed to be with Milan at home. That's one that's a game I was going to go to. But that's the second year in a row they've had trouble scheduling a game with Milan for some reason. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what their problem is, or it could be our problem. I don't know. It's. Never mind. But instead, I went to Adamsville last night. But I may go by there for about 15, 20 minutes today. I know there's a middle school soccer game starting at 530 at Paul Ward Stadium. So I may go by there for about 15 minutes. Take my camera with me to both places. Who knows what I can get in 15 minutes. You'd be surprised. Especially a soccer game. I get up, I, I get 100 pictures in 15 minutes of soccer game. Uh, then... I'm doing the public address at the baseball game at 6.15. So I'm going to try a triple header tonight and see if I can get some things accomplished. Uh, Again, last night I went down to Adamsville. We'll talk about that a little bit as we go. It was cold, but not as cold as it was last week when the season started. And let's start with the Phillies because, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but Hey, guys, you know, of course, girls don't play football. Not in the state of Tennessee, anyway. But football team, you know, you guys have been doing pretty well the last couple of years, especially last year was a real good year. 
But, you know, the girls seem to be outdoing the boys a little bit, just saying, you know, Philly's basketball team, excellent basketball team, um, come real close to making a sectional, and in my opinion, maybe should have. Uh, Stripes got in the way of that. And the Philly softball team, off to seven in one start. Played eight games in one week. Think about that. They started last week and uh, uh, on, on Monday, the 13th, as I mentioned a while ago. But uh, they they hosted Dyer County. I chose to go to South Gibson watch the Mustangs play because got the Phillies next day in Henry County. Probably should have reversed that. But, you know, I've never been that smart. Well, actually, I was going to try to get two games in for the baseball. That's why I went chose baseball that day because they had a doubleheader, and it was cold, windy. Uh, turns out that we had family in uh, during those two days, and I actually left before the second game started. So my original intent was to get two games in, then a game in Tuesday for softball. Um, hindsight, 2020, I would have went to softball game uh, Monday night and then went to Trenton Tuesday for a baseball game. But anyway, I I, I went to uh, South Gibson. But th- the girls played at home against uh, Dyer County, winning over the Lady Choctaws 10 to nothing. And then at Henry County, it's the only loss of the week. And in eight games, that's pretty good. But in, And it wasn't a bad loss. Uh, five to four to Henry County. That game went into extra innings. I believe it was the ninth inning. And I asked the coaches about the uh, ghost runner or the international rule. There's a, a different terms for that. It's where you put a runner on second when you go into extra innings. Uh, as you start the inning, uh, to try to speed up the game. Uh, they said that usually in region play, that's agreed upon. They don't do that till the 10th inning. And they didn't agree upon that before the game started uh, Tuesday. And it never came into effect. They they did talk about it when they went in extra innings and they decided to keep the, the region uh, philosophy or, or the protocol they had set for the region and not do it until the 10th inning. Never got that far as Henry County scored a run in the bottom of the ninth, I believe, uh, to win that game 5-4. to four. And then the Phillies uh, followed that up by going to Jackson, rain uh, had an effect on that Sarah Beth Whitehead tournament as uh, it could very well have an effect on a lot of games this week. Uh, today in particular, when I say I might do a triple header, uh, a triple header might be uh, ice cream with nuts and chocolate syrup. That would be the triple header because I'd be at home because it's raining. And, uh, well, you know, may do that anyway. But – they did go to Jackson and started that game or started that tournament on Thursday and for the second year in a row. Phillies win the Sarah Beth Whitehead tournament. Now that that tournament uh, was founded, I think it was like 17 years ago, I believe. You know, I'm quoting this off the top of my head, which I do a lot of nowadays. But I looked that up the other day. Uh, Sarah Beth Whitehead uh, had passed away through. Uh, uh, there's a disease, and I can't pronounce it, uh, but that, that tournament was raised or, or money was raised in that tournament for the awareness of uh, uh, that disease. 
that Sarah Beth Whitehead passed away from at the age of 15, I believe. And I'm trying to see if I wrote that down somewhere. Uh, I did not. But uh, anyway, going back to what we was talking about, that's the second year in a row the Phillies won that tournament. And they did it in this fashion. Uh, started out Thursday by defeating a Fayette Academy 10-1. to uh, then followed that up on Thursday with a 6 nothing win over Munford. They were supposed to play Friday. Uh, rain washed all of that out. Uh, then the Phillies played uh, Jackson Christian, uh, winning 13 to nothing, won 6-4 over Covington. And if they'd left Natalie uh, Kreisiger in that entire game, uh, that game wouldn't have been that close as uh, Covington scored four runs after Natalie left the game. And then a good game uh, Saturday leading up to the championship game. Uh, Phillies defeated their opponent today, Camden, 2 to nothing. So you might see the same kind of game uh, today. And then they defeated Lakewood or Lakeway, sorry, Lakeway Christian. Don't know where that is. Don't know anything about them, but it must be pretty good. They made it the championship game, but they lost to the Phillies 2 to nothing. Natalie Kreisiger, folks, just a junior. Uh, she could very easily be uh, the main reason, not the only reason, but the main reason that the Phillies uh, end up in a state tournament and the possibility of winning said state tournament because the Phillies, uh, well, here's what I was going to say. I got distracted myself there for a second, but, you you win softball games, and this played out several, several years ago when TCA, of course, they're a private school now. They don't compete with the uh, publics. I mean, they you know, you play during the season, but you don't uh, – those games, you, you don't play in a district, and they don't keep you from winning a state championship. They have their own. But TCA, Terenity Christian out of Jackson had those, you know, had those girls, the uh, Renfro girls, and they were they were – they were very good players. Uh, you, you could win by pitching. And Hayden, during that time, and we've talked about this before, uh, had Brooke Thomas, one of the best pitchers ever come out of Huntington, ended up with a great career at Union. Uh, but it always seemed that when she played against TCA and the Renfro girls, uh, Huntington would get beat one to nothing. It always happened that way. Huntington could have won, I believe, a state championship during that time uh, simply because of how – uh, good uh, Brooke Thomas was. Natalie Kreisiger uh, is very, very similar uh, to Brooke Thomas. And she's just a junior and very easily could end up being as good as anybody Huntington's ever had. In that game against uh, Henry County, she pitched eight innings. She came in in relief uh, of Reese Bradley, who struggled early as a uh, Henry County scored three runs first two innings, or, or the Phillies could probably won that game, but, you know, you never know that. But uh, Natalie had 15 strikeouts in that game. And the championship game against uh, Lake Way Christian, uh, she went five innings. And most of those games down there, that just speeded up. They only play five innings. Uh, in some cases, they play less than that, depending on the score. Uh, but she pitched five innings. She gave up two hits, struck out 12. A very dominating uh, performance as she did during that uh, pretty much in that entire tournament against Camden, uh, one of the better teams 
in that tournament, Phillies won it uh, two to nothing. They were the home team, so they didn't. Uh, well, which this way, Natalie pitched four innings. That's what I've got written down. So uh, I have to go back and look. It may have been one of those deals where they just played time limit, and four innings is all they got in. But she only gave up one hit, struck out eleven. Uh, but you 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 go back and you look at all of those uh, stats, and uh, uh, as far as when Natalie pitched. They was they were always a uh, situation where Natalie always had a lot of strikeouts. Now Reese Bradley uh, struggled against Henry County, but uh, uh, she's a good pitcher, pitcher in the waiting, and and I know uh, Bailey Carey is another pitcher uh, that they uh, they pitched against somebody. I got it written down somewhere, but um, anyway, Reese Bradley was a winning pitcher. For example, in the Fayette Academy game, where she pitched three innings. Uh, struck out seven in that win for the Phillies. And and the Phillies are uh, pretty solid offensively. Uh, when you look at Josie Sanders hitting third, uh, UTM commit, and she's just a junior. You got Leah Fuller at the top of the order. Uh, always, or when she bats second, she's always a pretty good player. And then you've got uh, Delaney Byers hitting leadoff. Uh, three solid players at the top of that order. And then when you start squeezing in uh, those are other girls like uh, Adeline Allen, uh, Ava Ryan Canavan, for example, Carter Moore, Lillian Wortham. Uh, I'm trying to get all those names in. Madison Mann plays second and has hit pretty well. And... Uh, you know, you got Wortham at third, you got Moore at short, you got Mann at second, you got Allen at first, <coughs> and then you've got Sanders catching, Natalie pitching. Uh, I know you go you go back, Kelsey Crossno uh, has played a lot, hit a home run in her first game of the season against Dyer County at home, and it's a pretty solid lineup. But they're going to win with Natalie because she's going to shut people down. And then you, all you got to do is score some runs. And I'm looking forward to a very, very good season uh, from the Phillies. And just got a, a text there a few minutes ago. And one reason I got distracted is uh, somebody sent me a text saying the weather's not looking too good for today. So uh, that bowl of ice cream is going to be staring me in the face. But anyway, we'll worry about that as the day goes on because you never know don't you know there's that old saying about the weather in the state of tennessee you know you, you don't like it wait five minutes it's going to change well i'm waiting for it to change into warmer weather of course as my wife and i discussed last night as soon as it gets hot and warm you're going to hear everybody going man i wish i can't wait for it to cool off it's just too damn hot well and and the humidity I, i'd be the first one to you know admit that the humidity in this area is uh uh not it's not something that you, you, you're going to get fond of. All right, let's look at the Mustangs a little bit while we got some more time in our podcast uh, because they've started the season. They didn't play as many games as Phillies did last week. Last week. Baseball is a little different. Uh, it's a little harder, you know, pitching. Uh, you know, you, you Natalie Kreisiger pitched out of those eight games. Uh, she pitched probably in six or seven of those games, at least six. And baseball, that doesn't happen. 
uh, because it's a, it's the motion. You know, you throw overhand in baseball, and it's harder on the arms, harder on the joints, harder on the legs, and all that kind of stuff. And softball, you come underhanded. It's not as you, – you can pitch every day because of the uh, motion. Those things have started out, counting last night, one in four. Well, you go, that's not very good. No, record-wise, it's not. But I, I think that's, I think that's going to turn around. And the reason I think it's going to turn around is I've always said that Alan Eubanks is one of the better, better coaches in West Tennessee as far as baseball is concerned, and, I, and I'll stick to that. But they have played well in all of their losses. Uh, it's not been a situation where they've got blown out. Uh, now, they did suffer some uh, bad news Monday in that second game last week uh, against South Gibson, or before, yes, it's South Gibson as, as uh, Easton Byers, who was probably going to be their number one as far as uh, pitching goes. Uh, it's his tore a muscle in his side, below his oblique, uh, hip flexor area somewhere in there but they say it's going to be at least uh three to six weeks and from what i've been told uh it may be closer to that six weeks before he ever comes back uh, something snapped when he swung uh in that uh, second game so that's gonna make things a little more difficult but you know the first game of the season they, they got some a measure of revenge is the only win as they played McKenzie down at South Gibson, they won game nine to one. It scored eight runs, first two innings. Uh, that was a game that Byers pitched. Uh, he gave up six hits in four innings, but he struck out six. And then Caleb Bezel came in, only gave up uh, one hit uh, in three innings of play to earn the, the save. And uh, he struggled last night, but against Adamsville, Caleb did. Uh, but he throws strikes. So I think he'll pitch a lot this season. But the Mustangs started with a 9-1 win. Then they lost to South Gibson, one to nothing. Uh, that was a game that Luke Cooper pitched real well in. Only gave up five hits in six innings. Uh, he give, gave up one run. That came in the second inning. He walked three, which is – you don't want to see that many walks, although that's not a lot for high school, but that's still three too many. And he only struck out one, so they made him put the ball in play, and the Mustangs caught the ball and, and got outs. But they lost one to nothing. Uh, and then they, uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, they lost down at Trenton, uh, 10 to 6. And that's a game they trailed 10 to 3. Probably the only game they really didn't compete as well in. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, Gray Eubanks had three hits in that game. It was the starting and losing pitcher in that game as he struggled a little bit against Trenton. And that's who they're supposed to play. Tonight, but uh, we'll have to see uh, how that that plays out. But uh, Mustangs finished their week last week uh, with a six to three loss to uh, O'Brien County, and again they were competitive in that game. Uh, and Braylon Rich, who's going to have to pitch a lot now that Easton Byers. Uh, is on the shelf. Uh, gave up five runs in the second inning. Mustangs kind of battled back, but they ended up losing six to three. Now, last night uh, was a lot more entertaining uh, baseball game, although the Mustangs lost to Adamsville six to three. And saw a little power coming from some young guys. 
uh, last night. And th- if there's a good thing about an injury, and there's never a good thing about an injury, but somebody's got to step up, right? Somebody's got to, you know, show that they can play uh, because there's a spot that's got to be filled. And when Easton Byers went down, their spot had to be filled. Uh, he was playing third base when he was not pitching. And now you need a third baseman. Uh, so, uh, Braylon Rich, who was playing first base a lot, and Luke Cooper was DHing, uh, had to go to third. And, and Braylon Rich is a very good defensive uh, third baseman. Showed that last night on a couple plays that he made uh, in that uh, loss to the Cardinals. But uh, Silas Sharp is the guy that's going to be called upon now to fill in some of those places. Because I know Sharp can catch. He can play third. Uh, down at uh, against O'Brien County, he was catching in that game, and they put uh, Graham Bartholomew, who's been the regular catcher last year and this year so far, uh, they put him at third. Well, last night, Brendan Rich was at third. Bartholomew was back catching, and Sharp was pitching. Well, two home runs. Mustangs hit two home runs last night, and one of those was by – uh, started out by Braylon Rich. They gave the Mustangs a 3-2 lead in the fifth at the time. And then uh, Adams will hit a home run in the bottom of the third, tight. Uh, but, uh, and then Silas Sharp. Uh, oh, Sharp hit the home run. I'm sorry. Rich hit the home run, make it tied it up at 2-2. And then Sharp hit a home run, hit the top of the fence, and went over. Uh, that gave the Mustangs a 3-2 lead, and then a home run by Adamsville in the bottom of the fifth made it 3-3, and then Adamsville scored uh, three runs off Ezell, and he threw strikes, but he gave up five hits. They just hit, they just, they just hit the baseball. Sometimes that's all you can say. Uh, but he threw strikes, and I like that. He, he just kept the ball over the plate, and uh, he'll get, he's just a freshman, Caleb Ezell. Silas Sharp's just a freshman. But Adamsville scored the three runs in the bottom of the sixth, and Mustangs uh, could not score in top of the seventh. Uh, they get the lead runner on, and then uh, and that was Sharp reached on a uh, infield hit, and uh, then Brady Warbit Britton, excuse me, hit a rope and right back at the pitcher, and Sharp too far off first. There wasn't nothing he could do. He was a dead man as soon as he hit the ball, and doubled him up, and they killed any chance Mustangs had of. Uh, winning the baseball game. But you saw some bright spots in that game last night. We'll Britain at the top of that order, you know, doubled the lead off the game and eventually scored a small ball by the Mustangs as uh, Ashton Hutcherson, who's been hitting well, did not have a hit last night, but advanced runner to third and then Gray Eubanks, sacrifice fly, make it one nothing. And, you know, you, you got to manufacture runs. I heard Eubanks say, uh, one time several years ago, score one run an inning, and, you know, you're going to score seven runs for the game. And that seven runs going to give you a chance to win a lot of ball games. Uh, but Rich was one for three with that home run, and Sharp was two for three, as we mentioned, had that home run. Jack Spinion had a hit. But Eubanks pitched well last night after not pitching so well down in Trenton. Uh, he went five innings, and he was at 90 pitches, and uh, uh, Allen took him out, and I, the game didn't mean nothing. Believe it or not, it didn't mean nothing. It was a proper thing to do at the time. Uh, but he took him out after five innings. And after those five innings, and, and the limit in T-double-A is 120. 
uh, by the way, but then you've got to uh, have like three or four days rest to pitch that many pitches. But five innings, two hits. Uh, he gave up those three runs, but he struck out 11. He had four walks, which is maybe a little concerning. And uh, uh, But he pitched well, and one of the coaches for Adamsville didn't realize that was he, good friends with Coach Eubanks. You could tell why they were interacting during the game. He was first base coach. And uh, he didn't realize that was uh, Allen's son. And uh, uh, he said, he's just a sophomore. That's 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 pretty good. But the Mustangs, and, and then I watched some of the JV game. Uh, I know there was a couple pitchers in that JV game. I mean, Mustangs got a bright future. It's just going to uh, take a year or two. Uh, and maybe even some things are going to turn around this year because I really believe they are. Uh, but uh, last night you saw Sawyer Reigns. Uh, pitch, I thought he, he looked good. He's a good-looking pitcher. Uh, they got a couple of hits off of him, but I thought he was a good-looking pitcher. Uh, uh, Braylon Deerman, also another pitcher that pitched a lot last night in that JV game. A bright future for the Mustangs. Owen Kreisiker, uh looked good, doubled over a guy's head. You know, Wesley, uh, uh, Wes, Wesley Williams. Uh, hit a double. You know, it's some bright features uh, for the Mustangs. But anyway, uh, we're going to go out. We're going to go check the weather right now, and uh, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back next week to talk about some other stuff, and I'll tell you about that ice cream I ate, but I promise next week when we come back, we're going to come back, and we're going to do it better.